1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
0: Welcome back to Stumps. Jordan Kanellis and Bryce McGain with you, talking all things cricket, talking all things Australia and New Zealand, and also looking towards the Big Bash tonight, which uh, brings us the grand final rematch from last season, one of the most memorable grand finals that we've had through the first eight seasons of the BBL it's under different circumstances this time it won't be oh, who knows it might be as competitive but the renegades certainly need to get a wriggle on after a very sluggish start to the season Dan Churney from the age is at the G he'll be there covering the game tonight in Melbourne he's joining us now on stumps hello Dan how are you uh,
2: good to be with you Jordan Bryce happy new year
0: Happy New Year to you two. Um, firstly, before we get into the BBL, just your thoughts, I suppose. You watch a lot of cricket. Your thoughts on the Australia-New Zealand series so far and what we've seen so far through the first uh, two days in Sydney.
2: Uh, well, I suppose it's, it's not... What is there to say? It's been uh, very one-sided, hasn't it? Uh, the Aussies are completely dominant. Um, a little bit of resistance at last shown by New Zealand with the bat, um, late this afternoon, but um, too little too late. Uh, I think as Jared Waitley put it on, um, I see in the other day, you know, sort of all manner of calamities before in New Zealand. It's sort of the, the nature. It's it's uh, sort of the, the checking every box on what can go wrong on an Australian tour. You know, <laughs> illness and injury. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, you love it. It's, it's it's it is sort of a bit of black humour, but it, it is like that. Um, you get um, you know illness and injury and lack of form and just um, guys just not not. Um, adjusting to the conditions and sort of arriving too late, not having a tour match, sort of leaves you on the back foot. Um, you know, selection controversies even yesterday with Southie and Henry. Um, even, you know, the replacements, you know, um, guys coming back. You know, Jet Ravallo going to be recalled after being dropped and then getting sick. So it's just been you know calling over Will Somerville um, for, uh, to to play at his, um, at his home his sort of old home ground. It's uh, it's been very one-sided, but I think Australia's. Um, Australia barely put a foot wrong, uh, you know. If, if uh, and especially given Steve Smith hasn't dominated, I mean he's probably been edged in his battle by um, with with yeah. Neil Wagner. It's been probably the one who's been just about the one shining light for New Zealand, but you know a couple of good batting efforts here and there. But um, it's, uh, it's it's been um, you know, that's that's made Australia's performance all the more remarkable. And obviously um, Marnus Labuschagne, I think you know it's, it's just uh, it, 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 we run out of spellatives, don't we? It's just extraordinary to think um how this guy's going and now that he, you know, he moved ahead of ahead of smith um the on time australian test averages he just couldn't have wouldn't have picked it in a million years but uh here we are january 4th 2020 and now um, lover shane stands behind uh, don bradman
1: <laughs> it's incredible isn't it he just can't stop making runs we, we started that at the beginning of the show it's quite incredible dan but look the australian team look pretty complete it, it's uh, Probably six months ago, we were a bit unsure about where we stood just before the Ashes. What's our best team? We're not too sure. But we've really given opportunity to players like Marnus and then our bowling attack is, is, is world-class. It's as good as it gets. Yeah, no,
2: um, you're right, Bryce. Uh, I mean, especially in Australian conditions now that, um, especially with Smith and Warner back and Marnus having sort of established himself the, bat, the batting issue, admittedly not against um, quality, an attack the calibre of the one that we we saw last summer against India, but um, nevertheless, that um, Warner, Lubbershane, and, and, um, and to, a, <laughs> so to a lesser extent Smith have, 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 have batted well this summer, and, and then obviously you have got the the, um, the the nice cameo from Head in, in Melbourne, and, and um, I mean Joe Burns and Matthew Wade haven't probably set the world on fire, but haven't been complete flops either. So in terms of, and then Chimpain made runs down the order. So in terms of a batting lineup, you know, it's it's. You couldn't ask for too much more, really. Um, which, given the struggles that they had over the previous two years, um, even when even when Smith and Warner were playing, that they, they were they were still susceptible. Before the bands, they were still susceptible to um, to some serious collapses. So it's been, um, yeah, you can only play the opposition you're up against, it. and in the bowling, you're, you're right. Um, I mean, the way Mitchell Starks bounced back from his his uh, difficult time in England, um, Pat Cummins clearly just outstanding. Um, Josh Hazelwood, very very solid, and, and you know then he goes down, and you get a, a fresh James Pattinson who comes <laughs> and fires up in Melbourne, and um, and Nathan Lyon all the while sort of just sort of flying under the radar, Australia's greatest ever ever spinner. Oh, right. So um, no, there's there's not much to complain about really from Australian perspective. They've uh, they've barely put a foot put wrong all summer, and uh, you know there'll be bigger tests to come, but you can only beat who you're playing, and New Zealand came here as a second ranked Test nation. In the world, and, and uh, truth be told, they've been enhanced.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Look, the, the bit of a breaker for the test matches. Uh, our next test series is in June, I believe, uh, against Bangladesh. Is that right?
2: Yes, I think that's that's correct. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, a couple a couple of tests in Bangladesh, where the, they uh, Australia did oh. actually play not
2: that not that long ago. Just uh, less than it'll be less than three years between those series. It was just one of the quirks of the, of the various future tours programs. I think sort of one was, one was towards the end of the. Of The last FTP in Australia hadn't actually played in Bangladesh for 11 years before that. And then um, they've had one series cancelled because of security concerns. And then um, they're coming back there in, inside three years. But uh, the, the last, I was fortunate enough actually to cover that series in Bangladesh in 2017. It was one of, it was really, it floated a, probably a bit under the radar. It was um, in August and, and around uh, footy, uh, late, late, you know, footy season and, and heading into the finals. But it was a grouping test series, uh, won all. Uh, Australia lost a classic test in Parker and then bounced back in Chittagong in, um, in a match in which the Aussies played in really um, extremely yeah. adverse conditions, uh, you know, oppressive heat. So uh, I think it'll be a good test. Uh, obviously, Bangladesh hurt by the, the 12-month suspension to last time, which is um, which does you know is a huge dent to their chance to their chances. But um, yeah, I mean, we've got a little while to worry about yeah. that, and I suppose the, the, it'll be interesting to see how much. From selection perspective, whether they go back to whether a guy like Burns, maybe to a lesser extent Wade, the other four are clearly locked in. But I think Burns and Wade, in terms of the top six, are probably the two that are most vulnerable. And have they done enough on the basis of their international form? Or All they need to make compelling cases still in the back half of the Shield season and over over and above some of the some of the challenges for their test spots. You know, whether it's a Marcus Harris can come out and make a lot more runs, you know, bounce back and make runs in the Shield. A Cameron Bancroft. Um Matt Renshaw's dropped off the face of the earth a little bit from a red ball perspective, but um, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, he's still proving himself to be a, a capable test player. a uh, and Maddison and these guys, Curtis Patterson, um, it's hard to believe it's you know less than twelve months since he burst onto the test scene so well. Mm-hmm. So um look, they're probably good issues for Australia to have any, but you know, whether they the all rounders, um, whether it's a Mitch Marsh if he can get fit again to see an an Ashton Agar perhaps are they in the frame? Uh, and then obviously they're going to look at the and You'd imagine will almost certainly go on that tour, and I'd imagine they'll probably take a third spinner as well. With Agar probably in the box seat there as the spinning all-rounder.
0: Hey Dan, uh, you're at the MCG for the Big Bash clash tonight between the Stars and the Renegades. You wrote a story uh, in the Age yesterday, which uh, went around on the uh, on the Fairfax websites, about the uh, the new world of of Victorian cricket and how. The, um, the ownership structure of, uh, of the Stars and the Renegades pretty much from the start of the Big Bash was different to how they did it over in, uh, up in Sydney with their uh, two teams up there. Um, tell us a bit about the, the premise of, of the story and, and sort of what you mean about the the the, the difference now and, and how the, the rivalry is a bit different or how it's grown, I suppose, between the Stars and the Renegades.
2: Yeah, it, um, it's a bit of a backroom sort of story. Um, it's, it's not one that... Um, you know, for people who just sort of drift in and out of the of the Big Bash um, when it comes around, would probably be um, to across or necessarily care that much about. Um, but uh, it, it happened in May it was, again. It sort of again floated under the radar in Melbourne because it was uh, against the backdrop of uh, a the Cricket World Cup was happening in England, so all sort of, the world's cricket eyes were set there. Plus, obviously, you had the, the footy season going on, which obviously takes up a lot of attention there. But the Cricket Victoria, um, they uh, they got rid of both clubs. Um, boards, the Stars and the Renegades, and the C- and the respective CEOs, Clint Cooper from the Stars and Stuart, Co- Stuart Coventry from the Renegades, um, and brought them back, brought the uh, power sort of back in house. Um, the the, the uh, ultimately, the Cricket Victoria's board now runs both clubs, uh, and um, there, there are no CEOs for either team. You've got a you've got internal heads, Cricket Victoria, who oversee both teams from a, a from a cricket operations perspective and, and b from a commercial and marketing perspective, and then, and then it sort of goes down towards um, cricket, uh, uh, you know, there are cricket operations staff, staffs at both, uh, at um, staff at both clubs, uh, coaches, list managers, assistant coaches, uh, you know, physios, etc. So uh, it's it's one that sort of um, got people talking quite a bit in cricket circles, um, particularly Victorian cricket circles. Uh, it's fair to say that the views um, from the people I've been speaking to that they're mixed. Um, some of them seen it as a breath of fresh air, perhaps just to take away a little bit of the um the pressure that might come from boards um uh, has is probably helped a little bit um was certainly was one view that might have helped early days um uh for, for some of the cricket staff, but then by the same token, um the delineation of responsibility, um perhaps not as clear as it had been, um, staff a bit more stretched. Um so you I mean you had the high profile people like Eddie and Jason Dunstall who've been the respective uh, chairmen of, of, of chairs of their clubs. So um, these are pretty high-powered people who are no longer involved. Um, the proof will be in the pudding, really, but uh, it it's sort of it makes for a, a sort of interesting backdrop ahead of tonight's match, which obviously, as you touched on it, that's um, not long... It's, it's just earlier comes... It's the first meeting between the clubs since last summer's extraordinary final, which um, really... I, I I'd definitely say it's probably the most amazing sports match I've ever seen. It was um, quite amazing,
1: wasn't it? The, 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 the yeah. Stars had it all in the bag, and then suddenly the Renegades from nowhere.
2: Yeah, no, you're right, Bryce. It was sort of in, in really in oh, half an hour or even less, just completely flipped on its head. It was about the space of five overs. Um, stars, you know, there were none down for, uh, off the top of my head, it was about none for 90, chasing 145 or something like that. and um, But they weren't quite going at a, at a eclipse that that they had completely had it in the bag and uh, all sort of legislated against a collapse. And still you would no one no one could have seen it coming really and then suddenly one wicket fell, two weeks fell and then the stars on the whole, and by the end, the Renegades almost did it easily. So the Reneg- um, those, they run, run quite
1: comfortably. Yeah, the, the Renegades this season, though, a different coach, uh, and it's been a real challenge uh, for Michael Klinger, uh, starting his coaching career with the Renegades, coaching the, the former champions, and they, they're yet to have a win. Uh, what does it look like for tonight? Because the stars are on top. It's top versus bottom, and uh, it's a real challenge for the Renegades. It's do or die now.
2: Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a pretty fair assessment, Bryce. I mean, he, he's a little bit of a hiding but nothing, I suppose you could say, um, Michael Klinger. When you when you take over as the coach of the of the defending champions, there's, there's there's not much improvement to let to go. You know, the only way I go, the only way is, is down, I suppose, in some respect. Or obviously stay at the top. But uh, he, um, I mean, he, he surely wouldn't have anticipated such a dramatic fall to lose five in a row. Um, and they are um, they're in all all sorts of renegades. I mean, they haven't been. They haven't been completely smashed, uh, which is um, probably a, a good sign. It's not like they're absolutely being you know, pulled every game they play, but as Aaron Finch said after the loss to the Sydney Sixers on um, yep. Thursday night at, at Marvel Stadium, they, um, they're they just tr- losing in two or three overs a match. And some of the moments that sort of came off last year, I feel, are just not, not coming off this year. I think those, um, I mean, the guys aren't going on with scores that, it, um, you know, Finch himself has made a couple of 50s, Sean Marsh made a 50 against the Scorchers, but they're not going on with it. Uh, you know, drop catches, missed run outs, little, you know, little missed fields. Um, the bowling, Kane Richardson's been outstanding, Cameron Boyce has been solid again, but um, Dan Christian hasn't performed like he, ha- like he did last year. And then, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, Richard Gleason, who's come in as, um, uh, as one of their imports from England uh, as a death bowler, just... Hasn't looked up to it to this stage of the season and it's been taken apart. Been a bit of a, yeah, yeah, he's been a bit of a liability. He was a bit better at you night, know, but even then, he, you know, he went for a six in the final over, which, um, you know, effectively ensured the match was going to the way this went the way of the sixes. So, yeah, um, they've got Harry Gurney um, back tonight, having missed, uh he, he too has had a great start to the season. He's performing very well mm. in, the, in their title win last year, but um, he's back from his brother's wedding. Missed game back to England for, for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, time is, is running out for them. They're 0-5. They're, they're helped by the fact that hey, the season goes for 14 games now, like it did last year's second season of that 4 home and away campaign, and also the fact that there are now five teams out of eight that make the finals, so there is a little bit more breathing space, and they could probably sneak in with say six wins and, and, a, and a moderate uh, net run rate would probably do it, so they probably need to win at least six of their last nine, which is not completely impossible. And there's, uh, there's enough talent in that team. But they are going to lose Finch and Kane Richardson to um, international duties. And, and then uh, also a couple of guys um, who haven't been playing, uh, uh, to, to be fair, in um, Fraser McGurk and, and um, Mackenzie Harvey to Australia under-19 duties. So uh, they're, they're up against it, the Renegades. And uh, yeah, they run up here against the Stars team. It's, um, it's flying, as you said, top of the table. Lost just the, lost just the one game. Um, it's very well balanced. Uh, Spoil for Richard, you know, sport for choice. You know, they, they, they're able to leave out the, the red hot Harris Ralph um, to bring back Sandeep Lamachane. Um, so that they're, they're going great guns for stars, and, uh, you know, nothing will, um, will avenge for last. Uh, it uh, won't be vengeance for last Something's final because that's a, that's a final and, you know, there's, there's nothing like it. But, um, you know, they can really. Uh, really tighten the screws on the Renegades' season with with a win here tonight at the MCG.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. And the big blow to the Renegades, as you mentioned, is is Kane Richardson. He's their leading wicket taker, and uh, Aaron Finch is their second run scorer. Although he hasn't set things on fire, they're both out uh, from the next mm. game. One of the sides that really interests me, and this is a bit of a broader view rather than tonight's game, Brisbane Heat. They just seem to be finding a bit of touch. They they belted the ball around the park down uh, in, in Tassie last night. And they looked to found their mojo on the back of a Darren Lehman spray, I understand. Uh, but with someone <laughs> like an AB Villiers coming back into that lineup, suddenly things look very, very different.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're such a hot and cold team, the Heat, and they really have been for a few years now. Um, their best is sort of is unstoppable. I mean, there's such firepower; would be no top of the order. Um, I mean, when, when they had Brennan McCullum, but you know, now now they've obviously crystalline. Um, you know Ben Cutting, Max Bryant, uh, and the like, and and um, Tom Banton, who's coming from England, uh, has shown a bit of that. He's going to be replaced by Travillas, but um, there is a heap of heap of talent there uh, when it all comes together. But um, their worst, as we saw the other night on the Gold Coast, is very poor. So the challenge for them, as it has been for a while now, will be string some consistent performances together. But the, but that is sort of the nature of this Big Bash. Um, there is is quite a you know 2020 cricket. Uh, can be a radical. the salary cap means that the, the talent is very evenly spread across the teams. And it probably says it all, the Renegades are the reigning champions are, are at the bottom of the table team uh, this year with, without much having changed. Uh, and really, you know, it's not like they were absolutely blowing teams off the park last year. So that they were getting by in a lot of close games and, and um, sort of scrapping their way to wins on the back of bits and pieces of performance of the Renegades. So... Uh, the, the broader point is that it is a very even competition there's, there's not much between any of the teams and I, I think it's still very very much wide open the heat um because of their firepower that they'd have to be um you know considered um and they're not going to lose Leon who's not in the Australian um white ball setup anymore uh, they're going to keep him so they'll be dangerous and they got will get James Pattinson as well so um they are uh, their team team clearly to watch but um uh, not necessarily any more than than half a dozen other teams because, um, yeah, as I said, it is, you can probably really throw a blanket mm-hmm. over, over most of this competition.
0: Dan, thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening on Stumps. We'll talk to you very soon again, I'm sure, throughout the uh, rest of the cricket and big bash season. Enjoy the derby tonight at the G.
1: Project, awesome. Good one. Cheers, Dan.
0: Dan Journey there from the Age in Melbourne, uh, getting ready to cover the Stars v Renegades grand final clash, the first time these sides meet in this big bash season. This is Stumps Jordan Canellson and Bryce McGain with you off the back of that we'll chat a bit about the big bash up next and the uh, some of the controversy from during the week about Harris Ralph in, in the game the other day against the Sydney Thunder as well as some other fascinating cricket topics that were raised throughout the week. Stumps returns next.
1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game?